In a world of bus schedules and business calls, sidestep into a realm of Koigyu casting in Klingons. Okay, people, get your geek on. It's September 6th, 2013, and you're listening to episode 78 of Knit One Geek 2. I'm Karen. I'm Maggie. Shh. Be very, very quiet. We're hunting combo batches. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we're in Toronto, stalking the wild cumberbatch. Night vision goggles. Tim Horton's coffee in one hand, poutine in the other hand, ready to give our offering to the god of sex. (laughs) You may be offering poutine, but I'll offer him something else. <laughs> Moving on! Anyways, Adventures in Knitting. How you doing, everybody? <laughs> yes, Maggie? Hi, Peanut Gallery. <laughs> you might hear a couple of giggles. We have Lauren in the background. We have the newbie, yes. in, we have the newbie in the background tonight. She's theoretically studying. Yes. Although I'm ha- studying. How anybody can study while listening to us go on like this, I don't know. <laughs> so I, I called... I call BS. But anyways. Yes, Adventures in Knitting. Would you like to start? Sure. So with my Lush cardigan, I'm afraid I didn't bring anything with me today. Yeah. You're just going to have to take it on faith. Yeah. Well, this is radio anyway. Like, it's not like the listeners are going to see it either. Yeah, but you could validate it for me. Whatever. I think they. I think I, I can imagine it, considering <laughs> I saw it like two days ago at okay. night. Okay, so my Lush cardigan, I'm on. I'm doing the ribbing for the second cuff so I, of the second sleeve. So I've knit the body, knit the ribbing at the bottom of the body, done one full sleeve, knit the other sleeve, and I'm now down to the last, like, half inch of ribbing for the cuff. Mm -hmm. The last thing I have to do is pick up the stitches and knit the button band. Yeah. And the button band, unfortunately, goes all the way up and around the neck and all the way down the other side. Yeah. So it's not a very thick button band, but it is going to be one of those long, oh, God, I only knit two rows of this, but that's enough. Yeah. But my plan is to have that finished for the Knitter's Fair coming up mm-hmm. on the 14th, so I will be wearing it. <laughs> Which is a week away. Thanks for reminding me. <laughs> I need to go home and knit now. I need to finish that sleeve and get on that button band. Yeah. I'll, you know, I'll be some, I'll be there wearing it, but it'll be like safety pinned, <laughs> closed and stuff like that. Hey, that'll be punk. Yeah. Maggie, I, I, think you still have, like, a loose end hanging out there. Yeah, those are the needles. Don't touch them. <laughs> There's still life stitches on this thing. I finished the Elfling's stripey hat. Mm-hmm. The one where I was using my own hand spun yeah. to make the blue-gray stripes. And seeing that this was sort of like a freeform project to begin with, I made the ribbing of the hat lots of stitches so that I could fold the ribbing up and he could pull it down over his ears Yeah, and keep his ears warm in the winter. So the idea was a stocking knit, you know, a stocking cap with stripes going down it. Yeah. And then I got bored with it after a while. Yeah. So I started decreasing really fast and now it looks like a Rastafarian's hat. (laughs) It looks a bit more like a really big slouch. (laughs) And you know what? He's just going to have to deal with it. I'm going to put a pom-pom on the end of it to make it festive and he's just going to have to deal with it. Yeah. Uh, I have not touched the linen cowl, the linen stitch cowl, because yeah. I needed those needles to do, to finish off the Lush cardigan. So it is on hold, <laughs> but I have plans on finishing it because I need the needles for other things too. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much what I have done. I have been working on zipper socks, uh, zipper socks by Patty Waters. Yep. And they were sort of my go-to. I, this is what I started when I was going down to the Bahamas. Yeah. And I needed something I could easily memorize. Yeah. Zipper socks. And I've gotten the cuff, the leg done. I need to start the turn for the heel. I don't have any real plans for them other than just being my background project that can go with me anywhere. Mm-hmm. So they're probably going to stay in the car and any time. Yeah. It's one of those projects. And that's me. Now, I do still have to do my Radagast project yeah. for The Hobbit, but I'm waiting until the knitter's... Fair. Yeah. Because Wellington Fiber is going to be there, mm-hmm. and I plan on hunting through their stock before I do my spinning. Because I want to see if they have something that's close to what I bought from them last time. Yeah. And if they do, yoink. And I'm going to spin up my own yarn, and I'm going to give myself a little bit of grace because this is going to be... I'm still kind of new at this, but I'm yeah. getting there. I do have to make my own mittens before The Hobbit, yep. before The Desolation of Smog. 
And those will come in handy because they're probably going to kick us out of the theater again. Yeah. <laughs> Depending on how they do it or how it goes this time. It's never the same two, ni- two midnight showings in a row. So yeah. I just had an idea, but it's another craft I gotta do. Okay. If I buy a black hoodie, gold embroidery thread, and I do the one ring on the back. Oh my god, that'd be awesome! Ooh, that would be cool. Hi, around, pe- hi, peanut gallery. Or around the, the hood. Uh, hood. Oh, that would be the good. That would hood. be good. That would be good. That would be awesome. I might have to do this. Anyway, talk amongst yourselves. Hi, how are you yes. doing? How, what have you been doing? Yeah, and thinking of The Hobbit along, um, I'll probably put a post starting it within the next couple weeks. I still need to get the yarn for my idea. You had your uber crazy idea with your uber crazy yarn. Yes. Now, I will not say what I'm doing yet. Oh, okay. But there was a very specific type of yarn that I wanted to get, but the place I'm going, I was wanted to get it from, they cycle through colors, like they, they make up dye for a certain colorway, or the dyes for a certain colorway, and when they run out of that dye, that colorway goes into hibernation and they put something else in. So it's not even like it's a regular schedule. Mm-hmm. Like at the beginning of the year, or like, I think it was April or so, I finally was like, I had money in my account, and I was like, you know what? I have the money to actually, and I had checked this, been checking this site, like, every week, every other week. And I'm like, you know what? I think I finally have, I have the money so I can actually buy the yarn now. Go to the website. Not there. Colorway's not available. Bugger. So, like, within the next week, I might just email them and be like, I, I put my name, they do have a thing where you can put in your name or your email address, and they'll email you when that one is back in stock. I might email them sometime soon. And offer, like, the, offer them cookies. So, were you going to have this one back anytime soon? Because if I know they're doing it, like if I know they're going to have it back, say, like at the beginning of October or something. And I mean, I know it depends on how many orders they get for the colorways they have now. But if I knew that they were definitely going to have it, then I would buy that yarn. Mm-hmm. I do have a couple other options, though maybe not one that I like quite as much as this one, mm-hmm. so, which is why I've been holding off. Even though this one is actually more expensive than some of the other options, I might have to go with some of the other options just because they're cheaper. And they'll still do kind of what I want. But yeah, so I have not quite got that ready yet. So within, like I said, within the next couple of weeks, I'll put up a thread and it'll be the same thing as last year where basically like the sort of due date or the sort of end date or goal is to knit something that will be for the opening of the hobbit you know that theoretically you could wear to either the first time you get to see the hobbit or the opening night depending on whether you get to go are you going to wear your lothlorien cape again i will have something else to wear okay i might wear the lothlorien cape like as a layer i might bring Mm. it as it's a useful layer, but I will have something else to wear. Okay. But yeah, so, and then basically we start it, we'll open it sometime in, you know, like I said, mid to late September for those who want more lead time, like say those of us that are doing large, somewhat crazy projects. Is there any other kind (laughs) when it comes to you? So like, if you wanted to knit, say, I don't know, the Lothlorien cape by Susan Pandorf that I did last year, and you know it was going to take a while, you can start in September. If you know you're going to take a pair of socks, and it takes you, like, three weeks to make a pair of socks, then, you know, obviously you could, you know, hop in three weeks before the date. That sort of thing. You just sort of join in however early you think you need to. And while we're at it, people, guess what? What? It's after Labor Day. Yep. That means you need to start your Christmas knitting now. Oh, God. If you're going to do Christmas knitting... Start your Christmas knitting now. Trust me, you will thank me later. If you're doing Hanukkah knitting, you need to start even earlier. Yes, that is true. Or you could be like me and not do it and not put yourself through this this every year. Okay. Anyway, as for what I am knitting right now, I'm still kind of working on the Inara sweater by Allison Green, and that's from Allison Greenwell Designs. I haven't been working on it as much the last couple weeks because it's too big to really work on at the bus. Uh, I have divided for the armholes. Mm-hmm. So I'm knitting it in one piece, the body in one piece. And it's a wrap sweater, wrap cardigan. So I've divided basically where the armholes are and I've been working on the back. And you have to keep working on the back and working on the back and working on the back forever. Oh my god. Especially because this is out of Luet Gems Sport Weight. Yeah. So there's lots of stitches. Wow. And each row doesn't add a lot of length. It's going to have beautiful fabric, though. Oh, yeah. It's going to be gorgeous. I just need to get there. Yeah. So at the moment, I think I'm still a couple inches away from 
doing the back neck shaping. And then I still need to do the two fronts and the sleeves. I'm like 99% sure I'm going to need more yarn, but I'll wait until I get down to like the last ball and see where I am before I order more to see, both so I can see how much more I might need, as well as I want to leave a fair bit, obviously, if I'm going to have to work in two skeins of a different colorway or something like that. But I'm going to leave the sleeves to last, so hopefully the, you know, changiness of the colorway and stuff will only be on the sleeves. Okay, fair. So, but one thing I'm hoping to do with it is mom is going away next week. (laughs) So what I'm probably going to do is I'm going to take the project bag that it's in, which is basically just a really big Ziploc bag, and stick it on the couch downstairs so that when I'm sitting on the couch relaxing and watching TV shows, I can grab that one and just work on it. And just go, yeah. Just so it's always it. there. Yeah. Especially because it's getting it's been getting a little cooler. Oh my god, that's so nice. It's so nice. And it's also sort of the also sort of the weather where it's like, okay, I really want sweaters. Yeah. And I really want to be making sweaters. And I really want finished sweaters. The trees aren't quite as vibrant green anymore and mm-hmm. quite a few of them have started getting that those autumn colors around the edges. We haven't gotten the beautiful golden. Yeah. They haven't they or, won't they won't reach peak until like mid October. Yeah, but they're starting. There's a couple that go that go really early. As for other projects, the pointel socks from Cookie A that I've been doing in my wool mice. Mm-hmm. Those are almost done. I just need to do the toe shaping on one sock. The other sock is done. And then you'll have all my socks. Yes. I will maybe even have them done for the Knitter's Fair. Well, I, I can have them done for the Knitter's Fair next week. Now, whether the weather means I want to wear them. True. It might still be a little too warm for wool socks. Especially with how been, much you're going to be walking around in them. Yeah, and standing in them. It hasn't been quite that cool yet. I think they are more of a prop your feet up and watch shields type of socks. <laughs> well, yeah, or even like, you know, going around and doing stuff or maybe going to work socks, but you know, something where I'm, you know, not on my feet for like six hours straight. And then another project I have started is I started a pair of socks for when I was at Fan Expo a couple weekends ago. Uh huh. And I'd been wanting to do this pattern for a while, and I thought it rather appropriate if this is where, if that was where I started the Weeping Angel Socks. Beauty. By Mare Martin. It's published in Bats in the Attic, and uh, it's M A I R E is her first name. And it is very reminiscent of Stone Angel Wings. Yeah, like the feathers. I- idea. Basically, supposed to be sort of a feathery. Repeating feather look. motif. Yeah. They're really pretty. I'm doing them in socks that rock lightweight. In this is a like a mill end, so I don't think it's in like a proper colorway. But it's a light blue with just tiny little places where there's just a hint of pink or purple, and they are super pretty so far. I love all the sock patterns that you pick, and of course, as I said, they're inspired by the Doctor Who episode Blink. Yep, and the Weeping Angels on there. So I, be, I thought it would be rather appropriate. It to start would be these very appropriate for this year. Yeah, fiftieth anniversary. Mm-hmm. And actually, I'm almost done one sock already. They go really quickly, especially because the feather pattern is like eight stitches long. So don't it's... blink. But a bump. Thank you, folks. I'll be here all night. Don't forget to tip your waiter. Anyway. Uh huh. Yeah, I'm almost at the toe. I think I need to try. I need to try them on to see how they fit. But yay! Yay! Almost on the first sock. I haven't started the second sock because I didn't have time to wind the ball into to weigh the ball and everything to get two separate balls mm-hmm. that are sort of the same length. So I'm just doing one at a time. And then, of course, as we mentioned, next weekend is the Knitter's Fair in Kitchener-Waterloo. So are you looking for anything in particular at the Knitter's Fair? Well, yeah, like I said, I'm going to go searching for roving. Mm-hmm. Uh, particularly at Wellington, mm-hmm. but that's only because there's somebody that I'm familiar with. I'm still new to this whole roving thing. There's somebody that I'm familiar with, and they have the little boxes of love. Mm-hmm. And if for anybody who's not seen their display, they have these little brown cardboard boxes, and literally you can go and open up each one and just put your hand in, and it's kittens, mm-hmm. clouds, and you know wishes and good dreams all in one. Yeah, there's just these little clouds of such gloriously wonderful fiber in each of the boxes. Failing finding anything to match the Radagast roving that I have, mm-hmm. I'm going to say, spaz it! I'm going to go find some other pretty roving. <laughs> I am not leaving without some kind of prettiness. And more than likely, it's going to be roving. Mm-hmm. But, and I know Karen will pish-paw on this, I'm not going to look for yarn because I 
kind of have enough at the moment to... (laughs) Literally, if I own... I have enough to take me through to the end of the year and then some. Yeah. So I Just because need... I have a crazy hooch stash doesn't mean that I'm going to <laughs> crazy hooch pish stash. posh at yours when you say you really have enough. If you start going on about how your stash is so huge, then I might go pish posh. But I did get some hand-me-down roving from Michelle that I haven't spun yet, but I am curious to because it is one of those rovings that has little bits of not just silk, but other little fabric scraps in it. Mm-hmm. Have not really had a lot of experience with that before. Mm-hmm. So it's A, going to be a learning experience and a self-discovery experience because I'm going to have to spin it and either decide, okay, I like it or I'm going to take the time to pull bits out that I don't mm-hmm. want. So it's going to be an aesthetic journey. It's going to be interesting. Yes, it'll be interesting. I'm not sure what to do with it yet, but what the heck, the, there will always be a project. Yeah. You know, yarn that you make with... I mean... It might help when you're spinning something to know what you want to use it for, because then you can spin it to that specification. So I'm not sure if you're there yet in your No, at this point, I'm just happy (laughs) if I make it from one end to the other and it's a cohesive rope. Yeah, but then, you know, then if you spin it into yarn without knowing what it is, it's like, okay, then it's stash. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) It becomes stash yarn, like any other stash yarn. Stash builder. Yes. Instead of Stash Buster. But it's hand-spun Stash It is buster. my hand-spun, yes. So I have sort of learned to spin this year. I have not made my own pattern yet. Like I mm-hmm. said, I would. I still have time, though. Yeah, I still got a couple I still months. have time. I did say I was going to make my own pattern before the end of the year. Mm-hmm. A Harry Dresden pattern. Which, by the way, OMG found out Harry Dresden stuff. I'm sorry. Spill that in Geek Sorry. Squeak. Yeah, I can spill that in Geek Squeak. Okay, so Knitter's Fair, me. Um. Well, as Meggie has said, I also have a fair bit of yarn. I don't think I really need to add much more. Now, that's not necessarily going to stop me from having much, though I should probably, you know, take my expectations down a little bit, considering tonight, today was the first day I got access to the online stuff for, for my online college courses. And I need to buy a textbook for one of my courses. It's like, okay. There Yarn, goes textbook. There goes 60 bucks. Trust me, I, I was scouting to see, okay, okay, okay where, is there a cheaper option than the campus bookstore? Because that's yarn money. <laughs> Do these people not understand that we have priorities? I know. Come on. Though I probably will be looking at, I need to take a look at Ravelry and some patterns I was looking at first. But I will be looking at one place. I believe it's called Saracen Silkworks. They specialize in silk yarns, obviously. Sounds lovely. Mm-hmm. And I've been wanting to get some, like, silk lace weight or a silk wool blend or some other kind of very light, airy, particularly, well, it might be nice to having something a little heavier now that it's getting cooler, but planning for next summer, like something that's not going to be very hugely warm. Mm-hmm. But just something I can make a little, like, shrug or little bolero, cardigan, loosey, you know, flowy thing. So that I can wear with, like, sleeveless tops. Right. At work or whatever. But especially if I'm going to be wearing it at work, and especially considering one of the locations I work at, (laughs) it would need to not really trap any heat. Understood. I might also look at, like, cottons and stuff, but it's not too common. I haven't really seen that much cotton that's in a really fine thing. But, well, you know, I'll see what's there. And I have sort of this mental image of something that's, you know, just like a, a shimmery silk and like a like a silvery color. <laughs> but we'll see what happens when I get there. Okay. But Any tools? I don't think so. They don't usually have, like, I mean, a lot of the booths don't have, usually don't have, like, a huge array of needles. There's usually one or two. Like, when we went to the Nenders Fair, there was a few booths that had lots of knitting needles, but they weren't really the kind that I like. Like, they, they didn't really see anybody that had okay. tons of, like, Chowgu needling needles or something. Of course, I would still love to get the Chowgu interchangeable set, but... Again, I don't think that's in the budget right at the moment. We'll see in a few months' time, maybe around Christmas. But uh, I just can't wait to go, even. Like, even just thinking about, like, just even to, if I don't buy just much Just to be or among anything. your people and, yes. and the things that you find beautiful. And surrounded by so much yarn. Like, it's even better than going into even just, like, one yarn store. Yeah. Or something. There's just the possibilities. so much yarn everywhere. So much possibility everywhere. Yarn fumes overtaking me. Are you looking for any more books, maybe? I can't think of any right at the moment. There is one set that 
I would like to get at some point from the Needle Arts Bookshop. I don't know if they're going to be there even. But even if they were, there's one. The one set I was looking at, it's actually a set of German, like, stitch dictionaries and stuff. Uh, you buy this set that has three in it, and it's like 134 bucks. So I don't think I'll be buying that anytime soon. But I know if they're there, I might take a look through, like, the Japanese stitch dictionaries. Though there's none that I have really seen lately that spark my curiosity, but you never know what they might have. I did think of something that I probably need to get. Which is? A bigger nitty naughty. Yeah, you're going to need that. I only have one that's about this big, and when I say this big, it's probably big enough to hold a ballpoint pen in between my hands. Yeah. It's that big. I'm going to need a bigger one. Yeah. Luckily, there's going to be quite a, there's probably going to be quite a few vendors that have that sort of thing. Squeeze! So. so I don't have to make my own out of PVC pipes? I'm sorry, I do like the pretty things. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could do it out of PVC pipes. I could. It would be perfectly serviceable. It just, you know, wouldn't be as pretty. I like pretty things. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be a lot of, like, small farms or independent dyers. There's going to be some new stuff there. I like, I like those things. Yeah. The independent dyers and the small... Yeah, that's what I that's what I really like going to the yeah. the fairs for is all the the indie dyers and like independent farms and stuff. Because I mean it's kinda nice with some of the yarn stores it's kinda nice for the ones that are there that I can't get to, usually. But I mean and some of the yarn stores will also specialize in indie dyers and stuff that maybe that they that where the, the indie dyer themselves can't be at the fair for whatever reason, whether it's, you know, distance or whatever. Um, and actually this year, Indigo Dragonfly isn't going to be there in person, but apparently Shall We Knit is going to have a ton of their stuff. Okay. It's the same for Tannis, isn't it? Yeah, Tannis, I don't think he's going to be in there, but I think there's going to be at least one or two stores that have a bunch of her stuff. Okay. But, you know, it's kind of nice to see, like, all the, the little indie dyers and Etsy sellers and stuff like that. I gotta admit, I my heart skips a beat every time I see Tannis's mulberry silk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the mulberry silk is really pretty. That was one I was sort of looking at and thinking of. They sort of glow like gems. Yes. <sighs> so tempting. Lottery money. <laughs> he needs it. Okay, so. Shall we move into Geek Squee? Geek Squee. Okay, well, I can start off with, uh, I mentioned I went to Fan Expo. Go for it. A couple weeks ago, which is the big sort of sci-fi comic horror convention in Toronto. Mm-hmm. This is my first. This was my first time going to a con of any kind. Well, other than like the yarn conventions. Okay. So yes, a this geeky, was my first time going to a geek con. It was really cool. Mm-hmm. It was really tiring, <laughs> but it was really cool. I actually, I wasn't even sure if I was going to go because I had a really bad week the week beforehand, and it was sort of like, oh, I don't know if I should go. But then Glenna said she was going on Sunday, mm-hmm. and Sunday was a little cheaper than Saturday, which I'd really been checking. And she was going to try and get into the Nathan Fillion Q&A. And I'm like, well, okay, if Gunn is going as well and meeting up with a couple of her friends, one of whom I know there, then, you know, that's enough of incentive. I hadn't really been planning to go to the Nathan Fillion panel, but I'm like, what the hell, I'll try and get in. Mm-hmm. I didn't think I was going to make it because of when I arrived and what the lines were like. And considering, because I hadn't been planning it, I hadn't bought my ticket ahead of time. Next year, if I know, like, if I can plan ahead, I will definitely buy the ticket ahead of time. <laughs> because, like, oh my god. the It was at the Toronto Convention Center, which is right next to Union Station, which is the train station. We get into the train station. Because of, because it was a Sunday and because of public transit around here, the earliest I could get in is, like, 11 o'clock. And you have to walk all the way through the skywalk and walk all this way, and then you have to walk down the street, past, you know, toward the lake, and then you have to walk for, like, ages, basically this huge crowd of people, just tide of people following. And then you walk, have to walk basically around sort of the perimeter of the property, and then, like, down into this ramp that leads down into the bowels of the convention center. It's actually, like, a ramp that goes down to... Basically, where the show floor is, which is on the bottom level of the south side of the building. Um, and the, it's basically what, you know, like what trucks use to get down there and it goes straight into the, the shop, the show floor. Okay. So that, you know, if there's like big exhibits or whatever. Right. The trucks can go down there and unload right next to where the show floor is. But that's where they had the ticket area for the buying. So there's like huge lineup of people. Luckily, I was prepared and I had seen the tweets where they were like, if you can bring cash, bring cash it's moving faster and then of course you know the nathan fillion panel was at like one o'clock 
I think it was, 12.30, 1 o'clock. You know, by the time I get my ticket and everything, it's like 11.45. And there's like three or four levels to the south side of the Toronto Convention Center. And there's about three levels of the north side. All right. I was at the bottom of the south side. The Nathan, Nathan Fillion panel, panel was at the bottom of the north side. So you basically have to go up all four floors of the south side, walk across to the north side, then down three floors. And of course, it is jam-packed with people. Yeah. They only have a certain number of escalators going in each direction. And I'm used to going there for the Ontario Library Association, which is only in ha- conference, which is only in half of it. It's only in the north half. But of course, to correct, to, to have flow of traffic easier, they have, you know, cordoned off certain ways or certain ways are only one way. So I kept getting turned around and stuff like that. Finally, I find the line for the panel and it is miles long. And I've been tweeting back and forth, Glenna and Glenna's closer to the front of the line and she says the walking dead panel is in there first they're not clearing the room afterward don't so you're like shit don't like oh crap we don't know if we're gonna so i'm waiting in line waiting in line waiting long finally the line starts moving and it's one of those moments like as the line keeps moving I'm expecting any second for the line just to stop and for someone to be like, sorry, it's full. Yeah. And then we get close to the door and close to the door and close to the door. And then, oh my God, we're in the door. Yay! Yay! (laughs) And I actually managed to find Glenna and sit with her for the panel. So I did get into the panel. Nathan Fillion is wonderful and charming and... Was he wearing tight pants? No, sadly. But, and he, he has amusing anecdotes and... He has wonderful reactions to the to the questions that he must get at every single panel about. Do you know if there's going to be more Firefly? It's like, oh god. Glenn and I were joking. Like every time someone started asking an embarrassing question or doing something embarrassing, we just sort of leaned together and like put our head on each other's shoulders, being like, oh god, why are you doing that? I was saying when the guy, you could you could tell that the guy was going into the are we going to get any more Firefly question when he started asking it. And I'm like, kept thinking there should be someone in the audience who should like run up with like yelling, no, and just like tackle him to the ground before he can ask it. Be like, sorry, buddy, we're saving you from yourself. Or somebody with a six foot fly swatter that just swats down people like that. (laughs) But you can actually see most of the panel through videos on YouTube. I already looked and there's a bunch of videos. So you can see one of the amusing things people asked was someone asked if, Mal and Castle met. How would they react? Like, what would what would they think? What would Mal right. think of Castle? And he said, waited for like one beat, and then said, Mal would shoot Castle because <laughs> Castle's even more annoying than Wash. Okay. And then someone asked, and then someone else asked, you know, one of those questions about like, is it awkward when you and Stana have to kiss each other on Castle? And it's, you know, and he was sort of saying about how awkward it is and stuff like that. And then at some point, I forget exactly what the context was, but at one point when he's saying about, you know, how awkward it is, you could hear a woman from the audience yell, I volunteer! I was like, oh god. Yeah, that's about uh, my level of subtlety right there. Because <laughs> if that was a Hiddleston or a Benedict, that would be me. But yeah, so he's really awesome. You should really check out the video there. And you should, if there's any other shows, like sci-fi shows that you're interested in, you know, try looking for videos from all like on YouTube, put in Fan Expo 2013 and mm-hmm. see what comes up. Of course, part of the whole con experience is costumes and i didn't wear one because i was only going in for the day but did you see anything good oh i saw tons of good stuff who'd you see <laughs> oh lord there was of course there were there were a ton of doctors it's the year for it um i saw quite a few sherlock's and john's and moriarty's cool. all women that's cool which is that's awesome cool I saw quite a, actually I saw quite a few Thors and Lokis and stuff, which were mostly women, women as well. Okay. I did see one Coulson. There was one guy who was dressed like, or who was obviously going as Bruce Lee and was like doing splits, like full on, legs completely sideways, yep. perfectly flat on the floor, splits. And it's like, damn, boy, you are flexible. Uh, yeah. In my Taekwondo class, I am super impressed when the master leading the class is able to do the side splits and we're all supposed to copy him and I'm like you're right do this, <laughs> does the side splits lays his stomach on the floor mm-hmm. and then lifts his chin up and he keeps talking to the class oh my and God. you know the rest of us are like yeah it ain't happening <laughs> 
But I am super impressed with people like that. But yeah, there was a lot of really cool costumes. There was a lot of people there. Oh my god. <laughs> people overload? Yeah. We, we only made a, a quick little foray into the dealer show floor. We barely got to see. I got to see more of it later that day. The group of us only went in briefly because it was just, you just almost couldn't move. There were so many people. I went in later and I mainly just went through Artist Alley. And there was a lot of really cool stuff that, you know, a lot of really cool artists and stuff that were, you know, selling stuff there. Some of which I was fairly tempted at, but I, I didn't actually buy anything because at the moment it was like, eh, money. Yarn, but I did pick yarn up... and school books. <laughs> yeah, but that I, I did pick up a number of artists' cards. Mm-hmm. For later reference, and and actually, while I was there, one of the things that was there is at the back of the show floor. There was a big Lego exhibit, and they had they had Lego. Oh, bag end. that's adorable. Now, one thing, and the thing was, there's a little bench. I'm showing Maggie a picture on my iPod that I'll post later. There's a little bench next to Bilbo, and you could actually go and sit on the bench. And so we could take a picture of you. And I didn't even see it at the time, but looking at the photos from Fan Expo later, because they have their own Flickr account, too. Mm -hmm. So if you search for Fan Expo Flickr 2013, you'll find it. And they had, around the back, it was a Lego, like, Bilbo's Kitchen with some of the dwarves. And again, you could sit on one of the little chairs and take your picture. We were watching Lord of the Rings, actually. We were watching The Hobbit earlier this week, and my husband, not realizing what he's saying, obviously, says, would you like to have, you know, bag in? And I said, don't tempt me. They actually have the plants. I can make you go outside and start. <laughs> yep. And actually, there's a little Lego Gandalf. Oh, cool. That's so cool. And they had a bunch of other really cool stuff. They had a few set, like, Entertainment One, the movie company, mm-hmm. was there, and they had a few sort of, like, mock kind of sets, one of which was set up like one of the things from the next Hunger Games movie. In like... It's actually, it was one of the, they they have the, the big glass ball that they were pulling names out of. Right, right, right. And they actually had a ball there with like papers in it so you could go up and have your, get a picture of yourself like reaching in or, you know, pulling names out of it. They should have people there that would like redo your hair and makeup or something <laughs> like that. For just that kind of photo shoot. And you could, like, borrow an outrageous outfit for five minutes. But yeah, so there was lots of really cool stuff. I didn't go to any geeky convention, but a friend of mine did go to Dragon Con, which was Mm -hmm. over the Labor Day weekend. Yeah. Apparently it is the biggest it has ever been. It's taken over six hotels, and it brought in, in lodging and food alone, $140 million. Wow. And it was, I think it was just over... A half million people at the convention. Yeah. And I'm like, dude. Yeah. No. It's actually, no. from what I've been reading, it's actually become kind of problematic. Like, there are times they have to block pe- more people yeah. from coming in. They, like, the fire marshal has to stop more people from coming it in. It has now gotten so big, they, they now have to start making adjustments for next year yeah. to try and figure things out. Yeah. I went way back in the day when I was in university, and it was only at one hotel, and my yeah. mind got blown by that. Yeah. I want to go, and I might sort of maybe kind of have the beginnings of a maybe possible plan for next year for with a friend of mine. Okay. Maybe. She has booked a hotel room already, so at least I'd have somewhere to stay. You'd have somewhere to crash. Um, Here's yeah. 20 bucks. Can I sleep in your bathtub? Yeah. And I spent, like, oh, God, I must have spent, like, an hour or so, like, yesterday, the other day before, looking through, like, the Dragon Con photos. Pictures. Like, all the costumes. I know someone, actually, one of Glenna's friends. And someone I know was there, and she dressed up as Black, Black Widow. Cool. And she, I've seen pictures. She looks totally awesome. See, I have a fundraising plan for the people of Dragon Con. Yes. You pay, say, like $5. Mm-hmm. Pick a nominal amount. The Spartans get a two-minute head start. <laughs> and then you get to chase them. And if you catch your Spartan, you get to tackle them. That might actually work. I think work. that would be a money fundraiser at yes. Dragon Con. That would be a pretty good one, yeah. The uh, the other idea is if the Spartans make an obstacle course that you have to go under, around, through, and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, but you pay to use the obstacle course. <laughs> I think they could make money that way, too. Yeah, that would work, too. Anyways, if anybody out there in the Atlanta area who manages Dragon Con wants any more of those kinds of ideas, <laughs> let me know. Oh, yeah, and one of the other cool things, someone I kind of know through the just through the internet... Um, she's involved in the, the role playing, the live journal role playing game that I'm in. Um, she went and 
She and a friend went as redneck Thor and Loki. I heard about this. Oh my god, you need to see pictures. I, heard I will show about you this. pictures. Oh my god. Is that not fabulous? The hell. I love the best thing. The part of that I love most is Thor is wearing like denim overalls. Basically over like a blue and black plaid shirt. And he's got like a red and black plaid blanket as a cape. Mm-hmm. But you know how, how he has those little medallions? medallions. on Six medallions on his outfit. In this one, the medallions are crushed beer cans. And the hammer is a box of Pabst Blue Ribbon with a handle. Sweet. And the helmet is like the wings taped onto a John, John Deere, Deere baseball cap. Sweet mother of God. And Loki's horns are attached to, like, a straw cowboy hat. hat. And they're both carrying, or, well, at least one of them right now is carrying, in this photo, is carrying a red red solo cup. Yep. Oh, my God. Oh, good God. That must have gone over pretty well in Atlanta, too. Oh, dear God. (laughs) The person's from the South, so she was like, oh, my God, I'm so doing all the Southern stereotypes. Sure. You definitely have to, if you search for Dragon Con 2013 cosplay or costumes or something like that. There's tons of amazing ones. There was a huge uh, for people who've listened to the last episode, there was a big Welcome to Night Vale meetup. Oh, where cool. people were dressed up. Actually, that was I saw someone at Fan, Fan Expo that was dressed as Cecil from Welcome to Night Vale. Way cool. Or at least the way that Cecil was described. Fan artists, yeah. fan artists have been drawing him, considering he's barely described physically. No, okay. And Someone, uh, but one of the best ones that I saw from Dragon Con, someone went as Sharknado. I saw that! It's awesome! It's like this gray, gauzy fabric, this big cone of it, with all these sharks stuck on it. Yes! And what looks like, it looks like the, the cone of fabric will actually, like, spin independently of the person, like, spin around I them. didn't know that. Like, they, from what I could see, you can't really see the person inside that much, but it doesn't look like they're turning around. It looks like the, the cone is just sort of rotating around them. It was awesome. That's it, there. Yeah, I saw it, I think it was an animated GIF of it. Yeah, and it just spins around. That is freaking impressive. It was amazing. So anyways, leaving the world of cons. Or shall we, actually I got a really good segue for this one. Okay, take it. From one kind of con. To another. To a different kind of con. A con of uh, various controversy. Oh, (laughs) jeez. The K-H-A-N. Oh, dear Someone on Tumblr created the Benedict Cumberbatch name generator. If you go to benedictcumberbatchgenerator.tumblr.com, basically, if you keep pressing this button, it'll automatically generate alternate names. Oh my god, that one. Yes. I, that was hilarious. I didn't <laughs> Sorry, Maggie's looking through pictures. There's one of the other awesome ones at Dragon Con. Somebody did camouflage basically by painting the carpet, the pattern on the carpet of the Marriott onto, like... Army gear. Army gear. Old-fashioned army gear. So they're like the... Green army men, sort of. But with the, the carpet, so that they blend into the carpet. That was right. amazing. So it's got the yellow stripes and the black patches and the blue patches. But yes, anyway. So if you go to benedictcumberbatchgenerator.tumblr.com, you have the Benedict Cumberbatch name generator. And I think it started from a post on Tumblr where someone just used an alternate name for that. You know, this is about that actor, or what's the big deal with that actor, blah, 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 and he just yeah. put an alternate thing. And someone replied with, the scary thing is I know exactly who we're You're talking, talking about. about. Because it's really as long, and then it started uh, spawning other people making up names for him. Because really, as long as you have it, generally if you have it started with like a B and a C, and have the same sort of um, number of syllables, you know, you can instantly recognize when someone's actually talking about Benedict Cumberbatch. So right now, the one I just opened it. It can't, it went up to baseball bat chicken strips. <laughs> and then someone else has put in, of course, but a white boy can't be con. Bandicoot waffle smack. Booby trap canker sore. Bend and snap custard bath. Ooh. Blender dick cumberbund. Oh, hey, now. <laughs> That's just not right. Muffin top cabbage patch. But yes, you can keep going. And no, get... he doesn't have a muffin top, actually. And I can, mm, I... Yes. But yes, so the Benedict Cumberbatch name generator is... Basically good for providing giggles for quite Barrister a while. giggle snort. Yep. It's just fun to keep pressing. Oh, no, 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 no. Move along, move along, move along. <laughs> it's just Bombadil splish and splash. <laughs> you basically, you just keep hitting the, it's kind of addictive. You keep hitting the, the make name button and it, it's kind of hilarious just to keep going. 
But yes, and speaking of Benedict Cumberbatch, as we mentioned, he is at the Toronto International Film Festival. He was in Toronto, Toronto last night. Oh my god. On the red carpet, like you said. Yep. We're trying not to stalk his ass, though. However, we can tell you where Benedict will not be. Yeah. And that is on Guillermo del Toro's set for 2015's movie Crimson Peak. Yeah. Which is also filming in Toronto. Really? Yep. That means... <laughs> but that means the person who's replacing him is going to be in Toronto filming, and that person is... Tom Lovely McHiddleston. <laughs> I need a field trip. I also need those night vision goggles we talked about. And maybe a grappling hook. I think we can do that. Yeah, Hiddleston has replaced him, so... It's like it's like Tumblr was casting. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, we can't have the one person that we idolize. Let's have the other per- British person that we idolize. And speaking of Hiddleston, mm-hmm. you guys might have seen this because I posted this lickety split on the Nitwin Geek 2 found something awesome thread. And I got there just literally four <laughs> minutes after caring with the same link in hand ready to go. <laughs> but recently, Tom Hiddleston was in a video with Cookie Monster... On the official PBS YouTube channel. Where he taught Cookie Monster the benefits of delayed gratification. Oh my god, guys. You need to see this. This is adorsables, okay? This is ovary-exploding adorable. I'm also kind of jealous of that cookie. Yeah, Miss Low No-Carb Diet. Oh, anyway. <laughs> I thought she was going to tackle me for the bread I had earlier tonight. Anyways. But yes, so go watch that video, because it is adorable. We will post a link, and it's pretty damn adorable. And I was going to mention, like, Benedict Cumberbatch has three movies that are at the Toronto International Film Festival. like, everywhere right now. One of the ads for the Toronto International Film Festival is in, like, the Globe and Mail or something. Someone posted a picture of it. It says, find out what that Benedict, what's all the, what all that is about that Benedict Cumberbatch guy. Oh, good God. (laughs) Okay. So in other words, that means, like, what? We're going to have to wait even longer for next series of Sherlock? I won't have it. Because by the time series three comes out and we have to wait for series four, he's going to be even more popular? I won't have it. It has been signed, though. It's been signed up to five, I think. Yeah. Mm. And they've said they want to keep doing them and they're not going to replace the leads. Good. So... They would be batshit crazy, too. See, like, Moffat, like, (laughs) yeah, Moffat left Twitter. Because of fans acting kind of crazy. Now, he poked the crazy, sometimes often, but... <laughs> and he likes to wind the fans up. Yes, he does. So, I feel for, I feel I should probably mention that. Though some of the crazy he was getting was like, no, seriously, there is no justification for that. But, you know, he left Twitter because of that. And that was just like, with the shows that he's doing now, can you imagine what kind of internet rage would go at him. Like, and this isn't even hyperbole, considering what has gone before. That's true. Like, sh- what kind of internet rage would descend upon him the if Sherlock he tried fandom, to recast? The Sherlock fandom is not one to be caged or poked, prodded, or... As one does not simply stir up the Sherlock fandom. The, the, there yes. is a crazy there that does, does not, not sleep. Sherlock fandom, I love you, but there are dark corners that I, I try to avoid. It, it, they are rabid and frothing. But, on a Sherlock tangent, how much do we love Ian McKellen? Our favorite... With a love that will never die. Our favorite friendly wizard and... Not-so-friendly mutant. Not-so-friendly mutant, but what the hell, we love him anyway. <laughs> Ian McKellen is to play Sherlock in his doting 90s mm-hmm. in a movie called A Slight Trick of the Mind. It's supposed to be set in 1947, and the long-retired Sherlock Holmes is living in a remote Sussex farmhouse with his housekeeper and her son. But as people continue to look to him for answers, Holmes revisits a case that may provide him with answers of his own to questions he didn't even know he was asking about life, about love, and about the limits of the mind's ability to know. It's actually based on a book, if you want to get a jump on the... The mo- the possible plot, plot. movements and okay. ending of the book. The book's written by Mitch Cullen, C U L L I N, if you want to look for it, and it's by the same the same name. Oh, and it's actually going to be directed by Bill Condon, who directed McKellen in the movie Gods and Monsters, and who also directed the movie The Fifth Estate, starring Benedict and Cumberbatch. Cumberbatch. <laughs> this is the one with him with the white hair, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because he's playing Julian Assange. Because... Who has that white blonde hair. Right. Whereas as Mary Sue also mentions, Bill Condon also directed the last two Twilight movies. But... Not going there. I'm pretty convinced with the last two Twilight movies, he was like, 
trolling everybody. Yeah, well. So, while we wait for that... Mm-hmm. Because I want to see that. You fancy dancing? You fancy a science partner while dancing? Hell yes. Especially this science partner. With mathematical precision. I hope he wears a bow tie. Oh, God. He has to. In case you're wondering what the hell we're talking about. One of the guests on the next Dancing with the Stars? Bill Nye. As in the science, science guy. guy. As in uber science, <laughs> know-it-all nerd, total cool person. This is going to be so awesome. Oh, my God. They have a picture of him on the Mary Sue showing him, it, obviously, in rehearsal. Way cool. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to see this. I might actually watch Dancing with the Stars. I would watch Dancing with the Stars for him. and I Just to see Bill Nye. Yeah. And, you know, just so you guys are prepared, because some people don't know this, yeah, on the same show... With a collection of celebrities, Snooky's going to be there. Prepare for the, you know, <laughs> air pockets that will happen. Yeah, I'm not sure when Dancing with the Stars starts because I don't really watch it and don't really pay attention to it. But I'll definitely be keep probably look and see when. What does this guy say for his response? You do know that Bill Nye is a swing dancer and goes out dancing regularly. He sees him regularly in New York City. Ooh, I did not know that. That I, somehow seems right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I'm still impressed. Yep. Way to go. And it also means he has some dancing chops. Because seriously, if you can do swing dancing... Yes. Like, holy shit, you have dancing chops. Yes. So there's a good chance he might go fairly far. Okay, Alex, I'd like to buy a Segway. Because I haven't got one. I don't think we have that much money for this case. because Not because it's it's wrong or, you know, we're our, well, our brains just get, it's, get go to the bad place and listen to the outtakes. Yes, moving along. Anyway, because we're professionals. Uh, another big event this week, and one of, like, real achievement, not just TV, Dancing with the Stars. This past week, for anybody who is thinking of swimming from Cuba to Florida, don't try it. There would be <laughs> lots of sharks. But, Diana Nyad has actually accomplished this, and she's 64. I am, like, super impressed. And she is a long-distance swimmer, and she covered 110 miles in 52 hours, 54 minutes. And 18.6 seconds. Wow. <laughs> yeah, she arrived a day earlier than most estimates, really. And she swam Which is it, awesome. She swam that distance without any shark cage or yeah. shark deterrent. Net or anything, yeah. That... Making her the first person to do it. That scares the creepers out of me. Yeah. I'm sorry, coming from an island nation, I know what is in there, and I have a fear of being eaten by some but something bigger on the food chain than me <laughs> from the ocean. Yeah, and this was actually her fifth try doing it. She has tried it before wow. and not made it. Which, so, like, not only did she do it... She kept trying. But she has kept trying. Yeah, she hasn't given up. Yeah, we're looking at the, the Mary Sue article, and it says, Along her route, she managed to avoid both sharks and stinging jellyfish that doomed the trek of another swimming attempting the same feat earlier this summer. I know about those jellyfish. Yeah. No thanks. So you've got danger on the surface of the water and danger below it. Yeah. That is a serious achievement. Yeah, it is. Major kudos to that woman, and she is... More badass than I will ever hope to be. (laughs) She is trying to inspire others by saying, never give up. That's been the motto that she's been putting out. And never too old. I'm hoping to live that when I've got my black belt and I'm 64 and I'm trying to do those side splits. <laughs> and moving into awesome fictional women, or the possibility of movies starring awesome fictional women. Recently, a producer from Marvel, Louis Desposito, mentioned the possibility of maybe having a female-led Marvel movie sometime in the next few years. And the internet went splody. Yeah. I mean, he said that he said in an interview with ComingSoon.net that there's obviously a drumbeat that is banging louder and louder that we want a female lead superhero. Yes. 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 Considering the things I've seen people like, can we have a Black Widow movie now? Or speaking of DC, when they announced the Superman Batman movie, they were like, can we have a Wonder Wonder Woman Woman movie now? now? And they haven't stopped asking. And so he said, you know, we have strong female characters in our films from Black Widow to Pepper Potts to Peggy Carter, and you never know. Maybe there's an offshoot film with one of them. Or Captain Marvel, you know? And then, of course, the internet saw that. And just ran with it. And ran with it. And said, we know exactly who you should cast. Because apparently Katie Sackhoff from Battlestar Galactica mentioned on the Schmoes No podcast that there's been some stuff going on. 
In quotations. Between her and Disney, including a lot of checking of availability. Now, the internet goes, immediately goes, oh my god, is Disney planning to have Katie Sackhoff play Captain Marvel? Which is, I'm tempted to say jumping the shark, even though it's not. Yeah. <laughs> even though it doesn't really, that's not We right don't phrase. have yeah. evidence Jumping to conclusion a little bit. Yes. She says, she's been talking with Disney. It's not like Disney only does this one thing. That Disney does a, a lot, lot of things. things. There could be, like, Disney animation that they were talking to. They could be talking to her about, like, one of their other live film things. It doesn't mean it's Marvel. It would just be really cool it if it was. It would just be seriously awesome. Oh, my God. So, for anybody who has a tip or a lead that you know about mm. that has not found its way into the public yet, let us know! Though really, I should also mention, this seems like a good time to mention, one of the things Nathan Fillion did mention during his panel, like someone asked about, I think it was the uh, Uncharted video game. I think, I forget if he did a voice for the video game or if people were just like, oh my god, Nathan Fillion would be perfect for that person, because apparently they're making a movie out of it. It sort of, it looks like an adventure, almost, you know, somewhat Indiana Jonesy Okay. kind of story. Lots of, like, exploration and treasure hunting and stuff. And so there's been something of a, like, a movement of people trying to get him cast for it and he said you know in his panel he was like you know don't he said because you know part of the the problem is like you mentioning it to them you know there are people who work in casting and they look through all the actors that are available all the actors and consider them and consider you know who would be good for the role and that sort of thing and you know and the director and stuff looks through like who they could think who just seems to them like they'd be good for the role or whatever right and he said you like, the internet demanding it or pushing it or constantly being like, go oh, do this, do this, do that, you know, get this guy, get this guy, get this guy, does not help. In some ways, it just makes them not, not want to. It. Okay. Because, you know, it put, then puts, it puts a lot of pressure on those people and they probably don't want to, you know, deal with the crazy or like, you know, exceed to the, the demand because that seems like a dangerous prospect. It also prevents new blood from coming in Mm -hmm. and getting found. Mm -hmm. Because I think I read... Okay, admittedly, this is internet movie database thing that I'm reading. Tom Hiddleston, it's described that Loki was his breakthrough role. Yeah. And now, look at everywhere he is. Yeah. Or, like, I was thinking, you know, I'm sure when they announced the X-Men movies, there were a whole lot of geeks who had a hell of a lot of ideas for who should play Wolverine. Sure. So probably very, very definite ideas of who should play Wolverine. And that was Hugh Jackman's big role. Yep. <laughs> so if someone else had been cast in that, we might never have had Hugh Jackman. <laughs> All right. So, so yeah, anyways. and if you look for, and if, like I said, if you look for the Nathan Fillion panel, you'll probably hear that quote then, and he'll explain it better than I had just have. But yes. So it would be awesome. To have Katie Sackhoff play Captain Marvel, but it doesn't mean it's going to happen. It doesn't mean it's even it's even a possibility, and it's not something we should probably be like letter writing for. So moving into moving into cravings, covets, and crushes. Yes, and thinking about other awesome female things. So you know, a little while ago we had that story about like a uh, petition or something to to get a fee- some female minifigs for in, Lego. Yeah, in Lego minifigs in non traditional female roles. We got one! Yay! Lego's first female scientist minifig is now on sale. Holding two beakers in the in the little picture. It's kind of cute. Yep. Two little flasks. And she's got her hair pulled back. And she's got little glasses. Her name is Professor C. Bowden. I'm thinking there's like a pronunciation thing that my brain is just not picking up. No, I'm mine's assuming not it's, either. It's supposed to be a pun of some kind and my brain just Probably. can't do it. She's responsible for breakthroughs that allow the swapping of body parts from one Lego person to another. Allowing minifigs everywhere to experience various forms of locomotion. Yeah, and so Scientific American has an article by Maya Weinstock that has, um, you know, how she got her hands on one and how this has kind of been a long time coming. And they mentioned that Lego has, it's not that Lego has never made minifigs, like with females in STEM fields. It's just that there's not very many and they're, you know, very far, few and far between. And every time they've made a minifig that was just a scientist, it's always been a guy. Yeah. Yeah. So she's going to be in series 11. Cool. So I imagine there's going to be a lot of people going to stores and crinkling those little bags, trying to feel if they can it feel the It says right there, glasses. you can read the rest of this article, including a good tip on how to identify which blind packaged pouch contains professor, the professor. 
at Scientific American. So actually, if you go... We'll to, have to link that. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, if you go to Scientific American, it's actually blogs.scientificamerican.com, and search for the article, Breaking Brick Stereotypes. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. She says to feel for the two tiny Erlenmeyer flasks, mm-hmm. which if you think about it, they're the ones where um, basically it's a flask where the bottom is in a cone shape. Yeah. Ooh, as well as what hidden code to look for on the backs of the packages. Yeah, I'm looking at a book. It clicks to a link to uh, the blog Many Sides, Many Steps Sideways.blogspot.com, in which they have listed on the 24th of August, they put up a post saying Lego Series 11 photo and codes to give you. Oh, and there's a girl <coughs> robot. Yeah, it looks like there's little codes like embossed in the, or stamped oh, in the it. package at the bottom. Gingerbread man, so cute. Oh my god. A Yeti. I want the Yeti. Oh my god. A Bobby. A policeman, like a Bobby. Like a traditional British policeman. Oh, look at the scarecrow. And there she is. Oh my god. Two by two hands, hands of blue. blue. She's got blue hands. For gloves. Yes. Just to wind up, a very, very gentle reminder that Christmas is around the corner. Yes, a certain holiday season is approaching. And I was in Hallmark's store, and they had the ornaments up. And one of my favorite things to do is to get the Dream Book, which has all of the ornaments in. I do plan on going to Carl, uh, Carlton Cards to get their version mm-hmm. as well. And you have annotated this one. You have post-it notes. I do. <laughs> so what? But there was one in particular... Actually, there are two. They are equally yes. your passions. Yes. That I thought of for Miss Karen, and I showed her on midnight. And she and there was much squealing. She squeed. So, of course, Hallmark has, you know, movie-themed ornaments and stuff. And they have one for The Hobbit. It's on page 71. A, of the dream book. They have a Bilbo Baggins ornament. And he's standing there holding the ring as if going... Yes. Mm. He's even got his little furry feet. Yep. And then one of the other ones that made me really squeal was right next to him. They have Hogwarts Castle. This one lights up, doesn't it? Yes. You press the bu- you can press a button and it plays music from Hedwig's theme. And it can attach to a light string so that the castle lights up. Oh my god. You see what I mean? Yes, I can just well, I can just imagine like Christmas tree, all the lights, the lights on the Christmas tree on, all the lights in the living room turned off, and just seeing the light shining out from Hogwarts. I kind of want it. Oh my gosh! And of course, even if you don't like celebrate Christmas, like there's all the nerdy ones, you can always use them as like you can dangle them off your rearview mirror yep. or something. <laughs> they even have the uh, Halloween ornaments towards the back. Yeah. And they've got all sorts of the nerdy ones. They've got a few of the, you know, Star Trek, like classic Star Trek, Pirates of the Caribbean. I saw Star Wars. There were Iron Patriots in here somewhere from Iron Man 3. Yep. Knight Rider. Disney princesses. Playing Merida the Archer. Merida's there, yep. <laughs> There's the Joker from, like, the Chris Nolan Batman movies. Because, yes, I want him staring out of my Christmas tree. And actually, there's a really cute one that knitters might appreciate. There's a friendship one that's two mittens holding onto a heart that says, close-knit friends. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the Hogwarts one, I, I'm flailing. I kind of want that one. Okay. <clears throat> so yes, I think that's it for this week, because my, my voice is starting to go a bit. Yep. So I think everybody's heard enough about us, and if you check out the outtakes, you'll hear a lot more. Yes. Damn so anyway, embarrassing. Have a good week, guys. We will probably be, po- we'll be podcasting after the Knitters Fair. Yep. You can hear about what damage happened. Damage control after the fair? Yep. Okay. And as usual, we'll be wearing our t-shirts, and please come say hi if you see us. I will try to have some kind of treat or chocolate if you find us. And I think we can still have stickers. All right, everybody. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Yep, see ya. Bye. Thanks for listening. You can find old episodes or our show notes at our blog, knit1geek2.emptypockets.org. That's knit one G-E-E-K-2 dot M-T dash P-O-C-K-E-T-S dot O-R-G. You can also find them at our Ravelry group. Just search Knit One Geek 2 in Ravelry's groups feature. If you'd like to get in contact with us, you can leave a comment at the blog, comment on our Ravelry group, or you can send us an email at knitonegeek2 at gmail.com, or you can find us on Twitter at knitonegeek2. Thanks, and keep geeking on. Sorry. Wait, not me. <laughs> Dude, he was from my childhood. Yep. He's from everybody's childhood. Yeah, pretty much. He taught me something. <laughs>
everybody under like 40 science. He taught me that science equals, you know, eating frozen marshmallows that have been frozen by, you know, <laughs> the nitrogen gas and yeah. it, it comes puffing out of your nose. Yeah. Yeah, if I ever get my hands on Benedict, I'm going to make him eat those marshmallows just so he can start. Growl for me. Oh my god. Do the dragon. Oh my god. Do the dragon, baby. Oh my god, boner. <laughs> oh dear god, I hope we... On a bizarre note, I hope we never meet these men because we would so lose it. Yeah, it would be it would be bad. Like one of the people, uh, I forgot to mention that I spotted Nathan Fillion doing his signing. And that some poor woman, when I saw him signing her autograph like at his table and stuff, there was some poor woman who was just having a meltdown. Could like barely talk or not even talk because her fair friend was over so much because he was like just. I would be standing in front of him and every like everything I've ever said, especially on this podcast, would be going across my mind <laughs> and I'd be terrified. It would be all over my face and then all of a sudden I would probably yell out Blurt something. Blurt it out. Yell out something like naked. Very very nice to meet naked. Covered in honey. Yes. <laughs> shirt of sex. Purple. Purple shirt of sex. I'll be so, your yeah. Irene Adler. Alright. I'm um, make you beg for mercy twice. We were doing a podcast, right? Yes. <laughs> Derailing. This one went flying off the rails. No survivors. Off, off the bridge into the fireball in the bottom of the canyon. <laughs> and everybody died at a climax. Oh, there's our outtake. Oh, okay. God, I, oh, I hope they never hear this. I swear to God, I would die. Trust me, dude. They know about like fan art. I I am aware that they know, but if they this nothing we say is going to shock them. I know that, but if I ever ever meet Hiddleston or Cumberbatch, and they're like, "Oh yes, I've heard about your podcast," my face will go from bright red to purple to white, and I will go stiff as a board and pass out. And I don't care if my heart is still beating; I will just not move. Someone's gonna have to. (laughs) You will feign. Someone will have to come with a stretcher. Pick me up, carry me out, because I will not move. <laughs> I will be mortified. Fake your death, Sherlock style. I don't have that much planning. <laughs> and I don't have a molly. Yeah, true. Okay, so getting this one back on right, the rails. Right, right, right. So. You're the one who thought she could study. It's going well. Instead of being on the podcast. Okay, uh, let's so, see. A woman who's got huge balls. <laughs>